Hey everybody, welcome to the Pals Podcast. My name is George Boutsalis. And I'm your other pal, Ricky Liordi. Before you go any farther, we have one thing to say. Thanks so much to everybody who is tuned in and coming back to tune in again. We love you all and thank you for the support. For those of you who are new listeners, we ask one thing. Please take a second to go like, subscribe, and follow the Pals Podcast. You can do so on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, every social. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. And we'd like to give a special shout out to the people who keep the lights on. Our presenting sponsor, Cottage Springs. Guys, if you haven't had a Cottage Springs yet this summer, you need to go to LCBO right now and go buy some. Their new vodka lemonade is absolutely fire. One gram, is, one gram of sugar, one gram of carbs, and a whole boatload of taste. This thing's amazing. It tastes so good. Super refreshing. Guys, trust me, if you're at Trinity, you're at Stanley, you're at the cottage, no matter where you are, this is the drink you want. Or if you're with a group of pals like we are, then grab their four liter box of vodka water. That is also absolutely straight fire. Slap the bag, put it down, LFG, drink it, Cottage Springs. Give them a follow on socials as well. Oh, you, if you don't know, you're about to know. Our next sponsor is our baby, our passion project turned global social media app, taking over the world and fixing social media one vote at a time, Cast. Guys, I'm going to tell you what Cast is. Cast is a social voting app. We're on a mission to create a safe space to share your honest opinion and see an instant snapshot of what people really think. We're turning bystanders into active participants in every conversation. Now, you might say, George, doesn't social media like that already exist? Well, the answer is no. And you'll, you'd be wrong. Guys, there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing. Social media has become a place filled with subjective data, dishonest opinions, and biased narratives. We're bringing objective truth, honesty, and transparency to social media to create a real representation of what people really think. If you want to check out Cast and get on today and be part of the conversation, you can go to www.joincast.co backslash download. You can find Cast on the App Store and the Play Store. Just look for the purple C. And that's all. Without further ado, LFG. Let's go. Welcome back to the Pals Podcast. This episode, we've got the lovely Cleo de la Lave in the studio with us. I lied, not in the studio. We're doing this virtually. Uh, but Cleo has launched her own podcast nation with a friend of hers in LA and Vancouver, the founder and director of Bougie Media, co-founded Spade and Sparrows, and also do edit with Caitlin Bristow, the former bachelorette. So Cleo, you wear obviously many different hats and you do a heck of a lot of things. How do you do it all? Welcome to the podcast. Let's jump right into it. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I'm very excited. Um, and I don't know, you know what? I think my mind is all over the place all the time, but you know, I have to say I have great teams uh, because without that, I don't think it would be possible. I can't do it all. Not a one man show, but um, yeah, I feel like setting up good, good people to help me run and come up. Like I have crazy ideas and I need people to just help me execute them. <laughs> I love awesome. that. Before we jump into like what you're doing. Uh, so you went on a trip this past weekend or week, I guess you were in Hawaii. 
We have, yes. we were tipped off about a story, but I mean, we'll let you tell us your version and we'll see if it lines up with what we, what we may have heard. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing because I feel like I should have really been on top of this. Um, but you know, like now in the States, everything is open again. Um, I've been in LA most of the time and everything's been open for the last couple months, double vaccinated. Um, I had traveled to Nashville and, and back. And so Caitlin, my business partner, um, and I went to Hawaii. We like to go to go somewhere once a year to do a little brainstorming creative session. And she flew from Nashville to LA. We met up and then we flew to Hawaii and we got there and they're like, we show them our double vaccination card and they're like, Oh no, you also need a COVID test. And we're like, what, what do you mean? And there's no way they were letting us in. They're like, no, there's nothing you can do. It's either you stay in a hotel and quarantine. And we're like, well, what's the point of that being in Hawaii and being stuck in a hotel, I think is the worst thing (laughs) that could happen to be such a tease. So last minute we decided we're like, well, let's go back to LA we'll get our COVID test and then we will fly back to Hawaii. So we literally got back to Hawaii 24 hours later. It was the same flight, Um, but it was so worth it. But also just make sure you're checking what (laughs) travel restrictions are. Even though Hawaii was in the States, it was different than other parts of the country. So definitely was not our finest moment, but it was, it was worth it. We made the, we we made the most of our three days in Hawaii. (laughs) We, We also heard there was some exciting news on this trip for you. Or was it before oh, the trip? I, I don't know, but we heard some you know exciting what? news. Yeah, it was right after. Um, so coming back from Hawaii, had to move in two days. And the last thing that I was expecting to happen on our moving day happened. My boyfriend proposed to me. So I guess now my fiance. Yes, uh, so yes. Thank you. And then the next day off to Denver. So it's been a filled packed week. <laughs> yeah, it seemed pretty. Epic. I mean, I thought that, that I thought that part of going to Hawaii was for like, that's where it happened. So the fact that like it came back and it happened when you got back is pretty uh pretty cool i guess it's relieving after all of that kind of chaotic stuff happened and everything like that well i have a bit of a confession i haven't told this in but i thought i for sure would have been engaged by that time so <laughs> caitlin and i kind of planned this trip because we we're like we're gonna be engaged <laughs> and uh, i was not engaged yet i was two days uh too too early <laughs> i thought it's okay because yeah. you know what? It's like, it makes it more memorable that way. You're like, oh, I kind of had this crazy Hawaii mix up. I had to fly back yeah. and forth and then boom, surprise <laughs> ring. Sure. Totally. <laughs> yes. Lots going on. That's awesome. How was your, uh, I guess, besides the 24 hours that was like crazy back and forth, flying to LA and back to Hawaii. Besides that, how was the trip in Hawaii? Any, anything creative oh, out of it? Like, or was it more like a relaxing trip oh yeah no you know what it was great and part of it is caitlin has a podcast called off the vine and it made for great content for her her podcast so we definitely made the most of it we had a lot of laughs at the airport and once we got there hawaii is just such a magical place um we definitely did a little bit of like brainstorming and the crazy thing is we were staying at the same hotel we were uh where we were three years ago where we came up with the idea um to come up with do edit, which is our hair accessory line. And so it was kind of full circle moment. We just had the third anniversary. So it just felt good. So we did a little bit of brainstorming and then we also had a fun, we did a helicopter ride. So anyone who goes to Hawaii, we weren't sure. And we're like, was this like a kind of like a touristy thing and something that ends up taking more time than, than you would hope, but it was incredible. And I think it was part of, um, 
it was an experience that just makes you realize how special the land in Hawaii is. It's just magical and there's an energy that you can feel. So highly recommend it to anyone who's going to, to Maui or I'm sure it's the same for all the islands. That's what I was going to ask if you did Maui. I can't remember because I've been and I don't remember if it's Maui or Kauai, but the helicopter ride, it take you around the place where Jurassic Park was filmed. I'm not sure oh. if you did the same thing. Maybe it was in Kauai because I remember... I think that's Kauai because yeah. Caitlin did that one last time and uh, it wasn't the exact same. We okay. went to Maui, um, so it was a different island. But when she told me that, I'm like, next time I'd love to do that because that'd be pretty cool. Did you love it? Yeah, honestly, I, I, the reason I ask is, is like, it's kind of cool. Like when you're going, you go on the whole island, it's pretty decent, like it takes quite a while. But then at one point you come up to the spot where the original Jurassic Park is shot, like where they put the setup and everything. It's still kind of there, I think, some of the structures. But the helicopter, I guess, times it perfectly. So the Jurassic Park theme song plays and they start telling oh, the story, yeah. which I didn't expect. I didn't really know it was going to happen. So I was, I was younger. This is maybe like when I was just in early university, still oh. adult, I guess. But I got so excited. I felt like a little kid. I was like super pumped. They take you, they fly you around, kind of, you got a picture where it took place, which is pretty cool. And that song is quite like moving. So I can imagine being on top. That must have been really cool. And I think yeah. that's where they film Lost. So probably after your time. But I think it's the same island. So now they show you Jurassic, where they where they filmed Jurassic Park, where they filmed Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll this, be on the... I'm sorry. I don't know why. This Christmas, I think. New Year's oh, or Christmas. So where? Yeah. I have no idea. I just, uh, I think my parents want to do Big Island. Is that like the main one? What's it called? Oahu? Yeah. Well, what's it? It's called like, I think it's called like a Big Island. Big Island. Yeah. Yeah, big Island. Big island. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've never been. I know. If you're you are in Maui, let me know and I'll give you a few recommendations. Perfect. My mom will hit you up for sure with the recommendations. <laughs> My mom's the yeah. like, she listens to this podcast. <laughs> boom. Like she'll be hitting you up like, like 100%. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'll be looking out for her email. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> um, well, I guess on Duetit. So that started three years ago. And it's yeah, hair accessories. So I see. Our, our manager sends us notes too. So we have everything we're prepped. Uh, so hair accessories, uh, headbands, face masks, eye masks, sweaters, etc. How'd the idea come up? How'd you start it? How's it working with one of your best friends? Yes. Okay. So it was, it was in Hawaii. And the reason um, it came up there is because, so we'd be going like swimming in the pool, you know, you go to Hawaii, you always have like your crazy travel hair and Kate, Lynn's hair always looked so good. She just had this like perfect like bun with volumes. I'm like, how do you, how, how does your hair always look so good? And she's like, I swear it's scrunchies. And at that time they hadn't come back. Um, it was just, I guess at the beginning. And she's like, I never got off the scrunchie train. Like they've been here since the nineties and I've just like kept at it. And she's like, they don't pull your hair. So then I'm like, okay, give me your scrunchie. And I put it on. I'm like, Oh my God, you're right. And then we thought, you know, with Caitlin's brand, like I've been with her since she was on the bachelor and bachelorette and it really like that relationship evolved and went from like, just helping her with her deals to then being her manager. And then something that we always talked about, and I think we both have an entrepreneurial spirit. It's like, we really wanted to come up with something and, and a brand, but once that she had really had that really strong relationship with her audience, not just to like, start something just because she wanted to sell something. And then when, when we started talking about it, we're like, wait, this is something that you truly love. You're passionate about. I feel like we could figure out how to do scrunchies and um, let's just test it out and see how it goes. And it was such a cool experience. A, just getting it off the ground. It's such a creative, you know, coming up with all the different fabrics and since our first edit. So that's why it's called do edit is every 
month or uh, we come up with a collection. So edit means collection. And so coming up with a, a collection and a theme around it, and we just had so much fun with it. And we launched having no idea what to expect. And then within minutes, like the whole edit was sold out. And we're like, this is crazy. So we're like, okay, now we need to start working on the next one. And obviously we went from like smaller quantities and then just keep putting everything back into the business and kept scaling up from there. Um, and so, yeah, that was three, three and a half years ago. We launched on her birthday, uh, June 19th. So we just had her third and the third anniversary. And from there, we're just like expanding and cause it's crazy how many people have like the, they, we call them the scrunchie gang. How many scrunchies? they have we're like how many more do you need like we need to like venture out of here so that you can have something else and then that's why we're starting new product lines and it's all based on really like what Caitlin loves what she thinks like the her scrunchie gang would would like and now we're introducing new things like loyalty programs and from then on but trying a lot of things this year to to kind of just grow the brand now oh very cool and how has it been like what was one of the biggest learning experiences from that I mean I guess for the first and foremost, like working with a friend or like, you know, managing or working closely with someone you have a relationship with, like, how did that evolve? Is there, you guys get along well with the experience? You have creative differences. Like what's that like? Yeah, I actually feel like we, it works really well. Like working together, we have very different skill sets. Caitlin's like very creative, comes up with amazing ideas. Um, I, and I love the creative piece too, but I'm good at executing. And I think that just outlining from the beginning, like, you know, Caitlin is the face of the brand it really is what she loves. And I want it to be as authentic to her as possible. So whatever she likes, I'm like, okay, cool. If this is what you like, if this is what you, you want to wear, then let's go with it. So it's not, you know, I don't feel like, there's a ton of conflict. Um, but I, it's just so much more fun. I love working with people and doing it with someone that you get along with so well is just so much more fun than just doing something on your own. And I've done both. And, um, when you find that right partnership, it really, I feel like is not only not more fun, but it's just more successful. Yeah. So it's always nice. Yeah. It's always nice when you have someone along with for the ride, right? Like no, oh, nobody sure. wants to be successful alone. Like you always want your yeah. people with you. Right. And it's nice like bouncing ideas and, and also just like, I love being challenged to do something. So it's like, you know, she comes up with an idea and she's like, okay, I want to come up with this kind of collection or let's try this new product. It's like, okay, let's do it. How do we figure it out? Because our background was, was not in creating product. We had been very much in the digital space. So it was like a big shift, but I, I guess like that's the meaning of an entrepreneur. Like I love being challenged and I love figuring things out and how to make it happen. So it's a, it's a good balance between the two of us. Okay. What was the most successful edit like launch, I guess, like which, which line, which brand was it the first one because of the hype Did there was there one that you guys released that got a lot of, a lot of traction. Oh my gosh. I think it was kind of, it was crazy the first year because truly like we just couldn't keep up with the demand. And it was like, it would sell out in minutes and you'd have people like following up like for months being like, are you bringing this one back? Sometimes if we could, if we could find the fabric again, we'd make it again. But it really is like, we wanted it to be made in North America. You're, you know, you don't have like limited resources when it came to like a certain fabric or, so it was so much fun, but the most successful edit, I don't know. I, I feel like they were, they were all, um, 
pretty now we're at the point where it's not like we're making larger quantities and people have already so many scrunchies. So now it's like getting into more product lines and we're just doing different marketing initiatives, which is really fun. But we also didn't like that we were selling out every edit because people were getting so um, frustrated, right? And so it's nice to be at the point where we're not getting emails like two hours later, like, no, I missed it. And because every time you're like, oh, like, okay, how can I get you the scrunchie? Like if I have one, I'll be like, I'll mail you mine. They just wanted it so badly. So yeah, it's um it's been a really, really fun and organic growth. That's awesome. Good for you guys. It's really cool. I was gonna say, where do you so where do you envision this going in the next three to five years? So I think like our goal, like we've been talking a lot about like uh growth strategies for this uh, next year. And I think one of the big things is like we have and I think our focus at first was building a really strong community, and that's why we've just been um, been able to, to have like great growth is because we truly care about our community, but now it's like, how do we take this to the next level? So one of the things that we've just launched that was great is like, we launched a rewards program because we want to reward these people that are so scrunchy gang. And yes, the, the scrunchy gang, they're so loyal. They're just the best. We're like, okay, how do we reward you? But also hopefully like bring in new, new people, to you know to to try out our hair accessories because they are awesome like they're really good they're they're made locally and really high quality so once people get in we're hoping they see like the difference of our product but something with a loyalty program I don't know if you guys are, are like this but I am like once I find a brand that I love and they implement a loyalty program I am so in like I only find delta because I want those points like I don't know it, it works for me so I feel like that's going to be interesting to see people feeling rewarded and then hopefully growing with us as we introduce new product lines. So can't say what yet, but we're really focusing on growing a different side as well of the business to kind of see how that goes. And, um, and then also figuring out how to get new customers and how to grow from there. So obviously advertising, we're starting to really play in the advertising space and, um, and then thinking of some cool collaborations that can expand us to new audience. Very cool. That's awesome. Are you guys and right now? Mo, is it mostly like North America as your target demo, like target markets? Are you guys like? Yeah. Is it is it bigger than that? Are you looking to expand in different areas? Where whereabouts do you guys typically like target right now? Yeah, that's interesting because we are definitely mostly North America, um, U.S. and Canada, but we we do have sales and we we track where people are coming from and we we have UK, Australia, even some parts in Europe, but obviously the abandonment and the carts are higher in those areas just because of shipping like shipping is just how much i've learned about shipping is insane and how expensive it is um but would love to we are talking about like how do we do that in a way that's sustainable and that's not so because you don't want to be paying ten dollar shipping price on a twenty dollar scrunchie you know or fifteen dollar scrunchie so um that would be really cool to enter new markets and i think that that's where there's a lot of growth opportunities for a lot of businesses is yeah, yeah. those new markets. But funny story in terms of shipping. So I do a lot of our, I ship out like our merch, like the pal sweaters for this, for our app, we have these cash shirts. And again, like for the podcast, we don't make money. Like we ship these out for free. We just give them to our friends for the app, yeah. we, for like social media people and influencers and whatnot. So sometimes I'm shipping a, you know, $15 shirt and like it's $12. I was like, how is it $12? <laughs> 
I'm like, it's within Canada. Like, well, the package is this big. I was like, well, give me a second. Cutting open packages, pushing all the air out, making it as small <laughs> as possible. Like, I'm like, this is insane. I'm split like $12 in shipping for, to send it to BC. Like the shirt's only worth 15 bucks. It's so anyway, yeah, I've learned a lot yeah. about shipping too. And honestly, I think that's what we spent the most on like hours where I'm like, we still haven't gotten to solution. And we spent 50 hours talking about different potentials and then you fall back to the same like because you, you you think you're like there's got to be a better way so like you research it but it's just the way it is so i know that's a that's definitely a challenge i'm literally i'm the type of guy that's at the, the front desk at the cashier everyone's behind me i'm like guys i don't care i'm in front squeezing my papers flat so i fit through the little envelope <laughs> spot so it's only like four bucks or whatever three bucks and people don't know I'm like cussing me out i'm like guys i'm sorry <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not paying $15 for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's Shipping is so, it's so bad. Like even ordering a lot of stuff online now, I, like a lot of brands in the States and you pay, do you pay the taxes and then it gets to your door and there's more taxes and duties on it. It's, it's well, so- that's the other layer are the duties. And it's, it's frustrating because most people don't know that. And they think that you're like, you're the one setting the duties prices. You're like, no, we have nothing to do with that. Like that's not us. And, but it's now, also frustrating. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a brand. I once ordered something. I'm, I can't remember if it was from the UK or from or from the U S and I got it. I do this. I'm like, what the hell? These guys made me pay more. They put the duties on me and I had emailed them. They're like, they can't, I, cause I didn't know. And they're like, no, like duties is not us. Like, that's just like, yeah. that's, that's, that's your country. Yeah. And I was that's like, your country. And I was like, oh you. shit. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. so I, being bad. Honestly, that's why I love America. It's so easy to get stuff there. Anyways. Uh- <laughs> um, switch, switching gears a little bit because you've got a, a lot and we've only got a certain amount of time i want to talk about spade and sparrows uh, our manager danielle brought this up she's tried it she said it's amazing i haven't tried it yet uh but obviously i want to and after this conversation i hope, I hope we figure out a way to get some in here and tell us about that how does it start because you go from scrunchy social media to the rosé game yes it's just like i love rosé i'm gonna make my own to the wine game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, first of all, it's so exciting because we finally got in Ontario this year. Ontario is a really, really hard market to get in. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, it's, I think the LCBO is the second largest entity purchaser. that buys wine in the world. Purchaser. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's crazy. I had no idea being a Canadian. I know that my, my dad's a pretty big wine collector and one of his really good friends is a buyer for the LCBO. So like I mm-hmm. talked to him all the time and he said, yeah, like it's the number, I, I don't, it's number two, I think, they, but they're pretty close to number one, but they're the, buy the most wine like in the world. Like they, they have priority in France for any wines they want, like anything. It's, it's crazy. That's so you guys must have like the best selection. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Actually, my dad, yeah, he's been, he's been collecting wine since he, was like, since he was like young. Like, it's like his hobby. It's like that in golf. He just like, it's, you know, he can tell you everything about any wine ever. Um, oh, my God. So, actually, I'm going to have to get him a bottle to, to have him. Uh, yeah, well, we'll have to send you guys some for sure. For sure. Um, but, yeah, like, so anyway, so, yeah, so how did you, like, how did you guys get into the wine game? Well, so, okay, so Caitlin was on The Bachelorette, and she um, – from the, her days on the bachelorette and as soon as she got off and was on social like she truly loves wine more than anyone i know so every she even called her podcast off the vine and she has wine with all her guests like that's just that's her drink of choice and she loves it and it's something that we had been talking about since really her being on the show and kind of being like how cool would it be like we always do a little bit of brainstorming and you know like do vision boards and having her own wine was there but it, that definitely feels very uh, ambitious and overwhelming but I will say I think having started 
do really showed us like the how loyal her audience was and we're like okay as long as it's something that she truly loves and is passionate about it like then it could be a natural transition and it gave us the confidence to be like okay let's go for it let's start a wine brand so I have a friend um in BC he's our third business partner and we started talking about it seriously too because he had connections in the wine world and he's like this is such a missed opportunity if you guys don't do it so we we dove into it, learned a whole bunch about it. Obviously it's a bit different, a lot more regulations in the wine world. Um, but again, a new challenge. <laughs> and I was like, let's do it. And it's been, I guess we started about three years ago, but it's really been about a year and a half that we've been out to market. That product definitely took longer to launch than scrunchies. And uh, now we're almost across Canada, um, which is really exciting. And we're online in the States and in Walmart in California and a few um, like stores in Nashville. So now we're, we're starting to get into retail in the U S. Awesome. When did this, when did it launch or I guess, when did the idea, like the first inception of the idea start? It was about like two and a half, three years ago. And I would say it took about a year, over a year to like really get off the ground. Like we had to find, uh, like wine that we liked. Um, actually, I don't even know if this, we've really told this story, but the, our first batch of wine, we found a producer to work with and they, um, they ended up, we, we picked the wine. We're like, this is amazing. This is it. We all loved it. And the biggest thing is it's like, we all have to love it. Um, and that's for anything we ever do, because if you're going to put your name on it, right, this is very important to us. And it was interesting because we got the wine and I tried it and I was like, so underwhelmed like I was kind of disappointed and I was like okay there's this thing like where it's like 30 day bottle shock and maybe it's like not ready yet or maybe you know so I have to give it some time and like it just didn't it didn't taste like anything that I loved I'm like this can't be the wine that we picked anyway so we changed producers right away because we're like this isn't like what we love we found out after they're they've now gone under because they would sell you one thing and then bottle another so that was yeah, that was, um, where is this, fun. where was this, like, not to throw them on the bus, but where are they from? Uh, are they from the States? Or they they from- the, yeah, they'd produce in Santa Barbara. Now our producers in Sonoma. Okay. Um, and I mean, who even knows? They say Santa Barbara. I, who knows? Like they were, they, they did it for through across multiple brands. So I feel like that was, um, they got caught, but we knew right away and we're, we're like, we don't want to have a wine that we don't want to drink. Like that's, what's the point of that? Like, that's not, Sorry. that's not fun. And we don't want to sell something that we don't love. Uh, so we weren't sure, but then it just came out and we're like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like we knew something was wrong there. Cause yeah. we're like, how could we love it? All three of us love it one day. And then all of a sudden, like we don't, but anyways, now we've changed producers. It's been a year. Like that was only our first run. So it was a small run, but for the last year and a half, we've had the second run and it's like, I personally love it. We wanted to have wine that was like, you know, like easy drinking that everyone would love across the board, like really, really smooth. And I feel like we nailed it. How many, uh, how many, I guess, glasses or how many sips of wine did you have to test before you found the one? Oh like, yeah, we had like, you're sitting there like over, do they mail them to you? Do you go and pick it? How does it even work? Do you pick the grapes? Yeah. So we, um, so we do to uh, like, 
the different times of different places. Um, but you know how when you go wine tasting, there's always like a cup and then, you know, you go to Napa, you go wine tasting and like you spit it out. Like a lot of times you're like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll spit it out. And you just drink everything. Cause you're like, Oh, this is fun. But at this point we were spinning because you're like, you got to try all these different wines. Um, but I don't even know how many we, we tasted like a lot, a lot. <laughs> it was one of those yeah yeah we had like a team um trip to napa to try the wine to check out the facility to see how everything was made and we're like we really went into the right industry because i love napa and i'm like that we get to go to napa for work this is amazing i'm sure your dad likes loves napa too yeah yes i went out i actually my parents were out there for a wedding like in san fran and and i hadn't been at the time and i was like the time staying i was like you know what i've never been out there i wouldn't mind coming out for a uh like a little little field trip to the wine country and get some information like, kind of sucked oh. up a little bit so my dad could teach me a couple of things but anyways we went uh we went to napa and hit a few hit a few wineries really 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 nice out there like very cool um oh, yeah. i can see like when i started i guess i didn't consider i grew up around it like so closely to it i should know a lot more than i know like a lot more um but once I went there, I really appreciated how, like, it's like, you know, to be one of the top houses, it's, like, it's really, an, it's more than just like a business, it's like an art, right? You have to like really know what you're doing. You have to be, you know, it, it, there's so much that goes into it. Uh, so sure. I really appreciated it. And after getting to see all the houses, I went to Roberto Mondavi, Opus, and a few other ones. Oh, yeah. But I think, huh? yeah, so nice. So nice. My oh. dream is to open a winery one day, like when I retire, have a winery. Oh, that would be, hey. Same, same dream, same goal. It sounds yeah. like that would be amazing. And I'm still learning a ton. Like all of us are learning a ton. Um, at first we went for like, let's go with wine that we love, but now we're trying to learn as much as possible. But it's, I mean, it, there's a lot to learn. So it's, called, it's very complex. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, is like, there's like, I mean, you guys are getting, I guess, like from, from California, like that's like new world. There's like old world. There's like yeah. There's old world France. There's just so much. And I'm not even going to talk about it and pretend I know because that's the most I know. But it's it's so fascinating how like everywhere in the world is so different. But I really do find California cool because like the whole culture of it, like they, they originally like they were like the rebels. They democratized like, you know, the highbrow old world wine. They said, you know, how hard can this be? We're going to do it too. And then Napa came out of out of nowhere, kind of much in the way that like, startup culture of Silicon Valley did, which was really interesting. So Oh, for sure. Okay. There's all these pockets in the States and they all do crazy things. I think my parents either, my parents or my brother and his fiance went down to Napa recently. And it's oh, really? I'm glad that I don't remember which one it was. It was Napa like very close to me went down on a, like a wine tasting trip. It's, I, I, I will probably say it's my favorite place in the States. I just yeah. love it. It's and there's so many amazing restaurants and nooks and like, it's so beautiful. Like you almost feel like it could be, but maybe not as much, but like Europe, I love Europe. And I feel like it has that like quaint feeling and like having all the vineyards. I love it. Yeah. Do you go to Europe often? Yes. So my mom's French. Um, so growing up, I would go a lot because my family was in France and I, I, I could live in, that's going to be the goal to live in Europe for a year. And the only thing is like, you know, with COVID, you're like, you can work from anywhere, but the time difference um, would be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Probably. later, later, later. I love Italy. I think Italy and France are my two favorites. Okay. Yeah, Italy's cool. My border, I'm Greek. It's oh, you are? So, so bias. So like, Greece to me is the best place on earth, obviously. Um, I need sure. to travel more in Greece. I haven't done enough. 
Yeah, Greece is. But the thing is, like everywhere in Europe's amazing. It, like Italy and Greece are similar. I would Spain, say Italy's got better Spain's food. really nice too. Yeah. Wait, where you, where's your background? My dad's Italian. My mom's Brazilian, but still, my favorite country is Spain. I I love Spain. I think Barcelona's the greatest city in the world. I think Ibiza is the coolest island in the world. I just I haven't yeah, been to Ibiza. Like, bachelorette. We're like everyone's like, why don't we do Ibiza for bachelorette? I'm like, that'd be cool to go somewhere. That's, I haven't been. That's where right. I'm gonna do my bachelor party when I eventually find a girlfriend <laughs> and get married. One yeah, day. Very- <laughs> Long time for that. I got lots of time. I'll, I'll get all, everything lined up for you. That's it. Well, I've got my first trip planned out to Hawaii through you. Then yep. say, there we go. I'm just going to follow your footsteps. You're a travel guide. There that's, you. <laughs> that's what I got him for. He's my travel guide most of the time. George is the type of guy that he'll plan our trip and be like, okay, guys, you know, we're doing a weekend in New York. It's going to cost us three grand. And we're like, okay, that makes sense. You know, flight, hotel, food, drinks. Yeah, it makes sense. We get back and say, okay, guys, we squared up. Everyone, it's five grand each. We're like, ah. I'm I'm good at planning trips. I'm bad at the numbers. I'm bad, at, I'm bad at the numbers. George is a historical round down kind of guy. Like, oh, the the, the booth at the club is two thousand. It's you know two bottle minimum. Okay, so it's going to be eight hundred bucks. It's like, yeah, that was before tax and tip at the bare minimum. You know, and then we're going to get another bottle. So it's like three grand. It's like yeah. George budget is eight hundred bucks. I'm a good salesman. I know how to get people in the door, and I say I know how to be accurate. Uh, oh, you know the trick. You got to get them in the door, and then once you're there, you're just having fun. I know. Once place. you're once you're in, like it's like once you get somewhere, you're gonna say, "Oh no, I'm not gonna do this now." I mean, it's not my fault. You didn't do your yeah. research. Me, no, me and the boys, you know, whatever number George gives us, like add fifty percent, and that's that's the cost now. In, and now you know. Yeah, now yeah, we yeah. know. Right? We're good. The first couple of trips, we were like, "Okay, it is what it is." Now we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to switch over. Obviously. You're on our podcast. You have Podcast Nation. You go on, you know, Chris, um, you go on Caitlin's podcast all the time. You know, how'd you get into the space? Do you love podcasting? Do you have, like, have you thought about starting your own? Like, well, oh no, actually, I've never started, thought of starting my own. I would say, like, I don't know. I think because, like, I'm so used to listening. So, Caitlin started her podcast about, oh my gosh, I want to say four years ago now and she is just so good she's the queen I like to be a little more like behind the scenes and to tell you the truth like I tried not I've listened to one of my podcasts with Caitlin and I cringe when I hear myself I'm like I, I don't know I don't know if you guys ever listen back to your podcast and you're like think about it I, or I, I think I overthink it I used to at the beginning so I was like I, I don't listen to many po- or like I didn't used to so I used to listen at the beginning so I could kind of not critique myself but just find ways to learn and I can't, I'm like, I can't listen to myself talk anymore. I don't know how our, our listeners listen to me talk sometimes. <laughs> sometimes what I say, and then Georgie, sometimes I don't know how we even have any, any listeners, but apparently we do. So I guess we're doing something right. I don't, I no, never, I never, good podcast. yeah. We, okay, so uh, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I never listen, but even the, oh, not never. Like I did occasionally, if it's an episode that I don't listen because I'm in the, in the episode. So it's like, if I listen back, I was like, the only thing I'm going to do is, you know, like, I'm going to hear what I said. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But I'm also like, I say dumb shit all the time. So I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to them. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm going to do it next time. Sometimes if I've listened, like if it's been somebody that we've had, it's been like, you know, a cool episode or something they said, I wanted to remember, I'll listen, but it doesn't bother me. Not to, not to sound vain. Like, I don't, I don't think my voice is great or anything. I just listen. I was like, okay, sounds weird. But like, Everybody thinks that when they're listening. So what's the big For deal? Sure. Yeah. And you know, I will say like, I try to say yes to as many of these opportunities because I feel like it gets you, it gets more and more comfortable. Yeah. And 
I do try sometimes now to listen back because then I feel like you do learn. You're like, sure. oh wait, you're, you're saying this way too much. Or, you know, you want it to be enjoyable for people that are listening, but got in the podcast space because I, I saw the power that podcasts did, like how powerful it was for Caitlin. And I think it's a medium that you can really connect in a different way with your audience. And I think it also provides a platform where you can create such valuable content. And with that content, then you can share it to different platforms. So I always found it like a really, really good medium that a lot of other platforms didn't offer. And we'd worked with some podcasting agencies, but coming from the the agency world. So what I I first started was Bouge Media 11 years ago. It's like a digital marketing agency. And we did things like I started so young. I think I was 24 when I started. And so I never, I always did things just the way that I thought they should be. And there's pros and cons with that for sure. Sometimes I wish I had had more experience, but I started creating our agency model the way that I thought made sense. And so I'm like, it's interesting because there's nothing like that in the podcasting space. I was like, it was very much, and it came, it really was born from, I think the radio world. Right. And a lot of players that moved into the podcast space originally came from radio. So we wanted to take a bit of a different approach and do it more of like the agency model type where it was, um, it was more, scalable depending on what we took like everyone has a different need when it comes to podcasting and we didn't find there was an agency that kind of really was had a format to be able to um to fulfill that so that's why we started podcast nation and i started with one of my best friends and so clearly i love starting businesses with best friends um but she's the one who introduced me to podcasts like years and years ago um, and so that's been, it's been really fun, but it is, it's an interesting industry. It's as you guys know, it's so much more work than anyone ever can imagine. And it is tough out there. Like there's so much competition. There's so many platforms, uh, sorry, there's so many podcasts. So it's like, that's the part I like is like working with our shows and strategies and how do how do you really find your niche or differentiate yourself or market it? But um, it, it, it's tough out there. We call it the wild, wild west. <laughs> it is. It's, and it's gone crazier. and just keeps getting crazier. Like what we started ours in 20, January of 2019 as like a hobby. We're like, 2020. Oh, 2020. We're like, we'll do it as a hobby, whatever, before COVID. And then even at that point, there was like a, a million something podcasts in circulation. COVID like just extrapolated that even more. And then on top of that, like you see in the last, you know, six to 12 months, you see all Spotify buying up every competitor in the space, every podcast in the space. So like, it just like now we're seeing even the dollars go in there and it's, it's crazy how fast, like it's booming. Like it was growing year over year like this. And now it's the point where it's just going like a rocket ship up and like, you know, everyone's kind of jumping on. So the fact that you guys got in like so, so a lot, I was going to say earlier ago, that didn't make sense. But you guys have been doing this for a long time. is really cool. You guys, I guess have like a, you know, a little bit of a leg up and you have that experience, which is, which is really cool. And you tapped in early. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's a space where with COVID, I mean, for you guys, it must've been awesome too. Like it was something that was very creative that people could do. Now a lot more people are comfortable doing it virtually, which allows you to have maybe a more varied um, guest on guests on your podcast. Um, but I also have seen a lot of podcasts drop off after COVID because then they're like, Oh, okay, now everything's picking back up and it's really, it is time consuming and you have to keep it up. So it's, um, it's just been interesting to see, to see the the pattern and the waves with different podcasts and hosts. Yeah. The, the cool thing about doing these virtually is again, you get to sit down with people that 
you normally would not be able to get to sit down with. Wow, I made that sentence so long for no reason. You get to sit down <laughs> with people that you normally wouldn't get a chance to. So super cool. Like we were maybe 10 episodes in when COVID started and then we took a break, kind of just COVID, tried to figure it out. And then we ended up sitting down with a couple of NHL players, a couple of musicians, so many different people all over Canada, a couple of the States as well, which was super cool for us because again, we're just two normal dudes from Toronto who started a podcast at that time. We were maybe three, four months in and now it's, you know, not a trying to brag or anything, but we're one of the bigger podcasts in Toronto, which is like kind of crazy to think about it. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. for you guys, when, um, when you guys started your podcast, like what was your goal? Like what was the, um, yeah, the goal for you so it started off as a new year's resolution because we wanted to try something different and we were both so busy with life and we're like, we weren't, we're best friends. We haven't, we weren't hanging out as much. So we said, okay, we'll do a podcast once a week. So we get to hang out once a week. We'll do this and we'll do 52 episodes. That's it. One a week for the entire year. I think we're at 130 ish now, give or take 125, 130. I spent like a year and we started January eight or something 10th, 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 yeah 2020 so yeah so what we did we a were lot. doing two a week and now it's like we see each other well now between this and the app we see each other basically almost every day now so yeah almost see each other. the podcast has bled into the business side or help the business side they're, they're kind of separate but at the same time we get to sit down with amazing people and then sometimes you have ideas or sometimes you end up working with them in terms of influencers or, or different things so yeah sometimes they they go hand in hand we do episodes about the app because it shows like our entrepreneurial side. And yeah. then it's also kind of fun and get people get to see a different side of us other than just the podcast side. I mean, it is amazing for networking and you do open up your yeah. network yeah. because you get to meet so many people that you wouldn't potentially otherwise meet. Yeah, exactly. Something a lot of things too is like, to, you said a point earlier about like listening back to hear how you sound and to get better. You're like, you know, communication, all that sort of stuff. I will say that even though like I say I don't listen back, like one thing that's a, the beauty of it is like, you know, we work together and we're part of the two most argumentative, like, like loud, brash personalities, but working together, the podcast together, it's made us be able to like, number one, we don't really argue anymore. Cause we're like, you know what, bigger than us, like put our egos aside, it's best for the business, best for the podcast, but we also give each other feedback. And the thing is, we're so critical of each other that nothing, we need to take it personally. So like Rick will say something on the podcast. I'm like, you say that a lot. And then I'll do something that you say that a lot. So we kind of give each other like a bit of like, uh, like advice, but yeah. a bit of our own medicine too. So like that helps us. And then the podcast translates to like being a bit of a better communicator and speaker and just selecting your words better. So when we're like pitching to investors or potential users, it makes it easier and more fluid to talk about. So I guess maybe it hasn't translated from like a growth perspective, but it's helped translate in the, like the intangible skills that you learn from like just being able to communicate, also listening to people. Because people don't really, like you don't realize how how little you actually like any of us listen like in a conversation intently. When you're on a podcast, you have to listen. That makes you really realize, oh wow, usually I'm not listening to what people are saying. I'm much waiting to talk, you know. So that's kind of one thing too that's we've taken away from. And it, it's interesting because I can tell you guys have podcasted a long time because you, you guys don't talk over each other. You have a really good unspoken cadence between the two of you, and that yeah. like you definitely. <laughs> boardroom or when you're meeting with people so i mean we that always, that alone. We always say this too even with um so again we're, we're best friends we've known each other for 15 years or so now and when we do them virtually so not every time we do them together sometimes i'll do them from my home or he does them from his from his home and sometimes it's so hard because there's always that like half a second lag 
So we kind of almost have to like look at each other, like, okay, who's going to talk? Who's going to ask us? Or else it's like that awkward, oh, you, no, you go, you go, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll save my question. When we're in person, it's easy. We just kind of look at each other and we know, and it, the, the vibe's a lot easier. But even remotely, this has been getting a, a lot easier. Oh, yeah. You guys have, have it nailed. <laughs> we also know, too, like I coincidentally, we're wearing the outfits of the things that we handle most. So like Ricky's kind of like head of podcast. I'm head of like cast like our app. So whenever someone asks something pertaining to the one or the other, typically we defer to each yeah. other. Anyways, we're getting, it's not about us. Good we're getting pretty good. Actually, it's you know not a funny thing. <laughs> Both podcasts. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I promise you. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, podcasting, yeah, like George says, our podcast, we don't uh, we don't write down questions at a time. Like sometimes we have notes of things we want to talk about. But like George said, it makes it so much better to makes us better listeners and better conversationalists because you can't just say, okay, she finished this answer. I'm going to go on to the next question. It's not an interview. It's more of a conversation. And I've noticed that I was on a date um, maybe a couple of days ago. I was someone who's kind of socially awkward yeah. and I literally had a million questions and I'm like, thank God for podcasting. And like, we do a lot of interviews for the app. I had so many questions that I didn't run out. Thank God. Because yeah. they didn't ask me a single one, basically. Which is kind <laughs> oh, of those are the worst. But do you think she was just really nervous? Uh, I don't Let's know. Talk about I think she's life. socially awkward, but it's okay. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm safe. If she listens, okay, I'll okay. die. I would die too. But she's also the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. That's a nice big flux to her. But. So I gave her a little downfall, but I raised her up a little. So we're good. Sometimes I feel like it's hard. You can't judge on the first date. She might have been really nervous. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> Anyways, enough of those. I want to ask out of everything you do and you do a lot, you wear a lot of different hats. What's, what's your favorite? What's this, the one thing that really excites you brings the most joy. Oh, that's a hard one because I truly love them all. And I think for different reasons. And I think that a big part of it is, I feel so lucky like have such incredible teams and people. And for me, like, I think that that's really what fuels me is like who I get to work with. Um, and just to see like everyone on each team being putting so much of themselves and caring so much. I feel so lucky that I get to work with so many people that care. Um, and I, I feel like it, it, it goes in waves. Like I, I prefer the creative aspect. Like I think I, I'm more of a creative person. So, you know, when we get to come up with, um, for do like come up with what questions will be and coming up with like new ideas and doing those big brainstorms. I love that. And then for Spade and Sparrow is like, you know, now it's like, okay, sales, like we're focused on sales and coming up with like creative ways of doing it or even having like those goals to hit. And then for podcasting too, we get to work with so many amazing podcasters. So getting into that zone where, you know, we, we call them sprints and, the whole team meets and then we we focus on one podcast at a time and then we're like okay like what are some what's some feedback that we can give them and like I love those and just seeing everyone get so excited about it so I feel like uh, and then same with with Bouge like I love the strategy aspect and we get to work with so many different businesses and I just love to always be challenged and clearly I have ADD um and so I like you know like I, I like to be doing different things at once you too yeah and, and so not, I feel like I'm that's not good at it I, I I've come to terms I used to think I was a great multitasker like I have it I think I have ADD probably have ADD, but <laughs> I thought I was eight because I had, like, I, I am that way. I'm very all over. I thought I could do a lot of things and I realized that I am absolutely atrocious, not atrocious. I just don't do things well. So I've started to make a habit because Rick makes fun of me. He's like, 
I'll be like writing and he'll try to talk to me and I'll pretend I'm listening, but I wouldn't have heard a thing he said. I'll, I'll just stop talking. Yeah. So I'm like, no, keep going. I'm like, I'm just going to wait, finish your message, finish your email. <laughs> and then I'll do my thing. And then when you're done, let's talk. Yeah. So anyways, okay. to your point, like, yeah, if you do it while I envy you, I can't anymore. I've realized, you know what? Like I do a lot of things, but whatever my attention is, it's like, I got to do this right now. Yeah. I can't consider I, anything else. I agree. Like, I feel like you have to compartmentalize. And like, I have things like blocked off in certain, like, because it, it is hard to get kind of ping pong. I feel, however, I've heard that women are better at multitasking. <laughs> I, fair, men fair. Improve it and I, I don't doubt like, it. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> That's a good question for cast. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think it's important if you are a good multitasker to also be aware, like no matter what, like if you're multitasking, it'll never be the same quality if you're fully focused on something. So I think it's important to know when you can multitask and when you probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. For sure. 100%. If you're working on something super important, do not multitask. Just do yeah. your super important task. If you're, you know, watching TV, cooking and texting your friends. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing is yeah. super, super yes. priority. Right. Yeah, totally. But I, I, I was, uh, I was on a zoom talking to someone and then at the same time, like texting message, someone else in the office and they're like, but you're on a zoom. And you, so, you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh shoot, I just got busted. <laughs> <laughs> and no, that's why I think having your text message on your computer. Cause if I'm on zoom and I see something, I, I like to get things to like get to things right away. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, this is to get to, but I'm also talking. And then, so I do now try to um, know when I just need to log off of my iMessage because that can be super distracting. <laughs> but you're the kind of person that hates having it, it like unread emails. Speaking of which, sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You can take it if you want. <laughs> sorry. So, okay. Only fitting, only fitting. So, so do you like to have no, like you do have to go answer your emails immediately as you see them? Like no, no notifications on the inbox or do you have a crazy inbox? Uh, Oh no, I have a crazy inbox, but uh -huh. you know what? Now I, yeah. I'm very lucky. I have an amazing assistant. She kind of handles tackles the inbox. But the problem for me now is that everyone knows they'll get a much faster answer from me if they text me. So now my texts are out of control. <laughs> so, uh -huh. um, yeah. So now I just tackle my texts and then she tackles emails and then we go over like what I need to get to that day. Okay. That's good. Okay, that's, that's a good way. Yeah. So I have ADD, but in that case, too, like if I see emails, it gives me like anxiety. I'm like, shit, I got to respond to this. So I'll leave it unread. Cause I'm like, if I, don't, if I read it, I won't respond. I'll forget. So I leave it. And then my inbox piles up, piles up. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like a mountain of shit I got to do. So then I just stop doing everything and, and focus on that. But anyways, I think I'm it's actually good to block off time to just do emails yeah. and then morning, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon. And then like that, you're not as focused on it, but I'm pretty sure when Kayleen, my sister started, I think I was at like 10,933 or something like that emails. <laughs> Cause obviously there's like junk and all that stuff. So let me tell you, that was the best decision of my life. Cause I know things fell through the cracks that I don't even know about. So now it's like, now she You're stays on, on top of me. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot going on, but you know, it seems like you know a lot of great things. So I mean, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Yeah. You're doing all right. <laughs> Well, you know, on that note we're gonna to start to wrap it up and we want to appreciate you taking the time out of your day i want to, to appreciate you we want to thank, we, we <laughs> we thank you and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat with us it's been a lovely chat we've got two questions we always ask every guest the first if there was a movie about your life who would you want to star as you could be anyone from any point in time oh who who would star me Oh, that's a good question. I would say 
I don't know why Rachel McAdams keeps coming to mind. I love yeah, her. I love it, yeah. Isn't she from uh, the West too? Yeah, she's from Canada. She's from, I actually don't know where from Canada. Where did you say? I think she's from BC, no? I think so. Maybe. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. BC girl. Connection. <laughs> yes. Love it. Acting. I feel like she's just like so personable, but she, yeah, she's like, I don't know. I Let's go with Rachel McAdams. Love it. Okay. Love Last it. question. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? So what, the way that I explain it is I feel like just knowing that it's okay to go with the flow. So I think that a lot of times myself as an entrepreneur, like you want to do things that are challenging and that you don't have in your natural toolbox, like as your skill sets. Um, so for an example, like I really wanted to go into tech. Um, we, I did that for a while. We created an app, uh, we got investors, all that stuff. And then it was, it just was so unnatural to us. Like we started going into the insurance space and I really wanted to keep challenging myself. And then that was my biggest learning lesson. I realized like, it's okay to go with the flow is how I call it. It's like playing into your strengths, playing into your skill set, And that's why I went back into the, you know, in, into the digital marketing world and the creative space, because that's where I really thrived because that's what naturally came to me. And that's okay. Like you don't have to feel like you need to learn everything and be good at everything and just understand what your skill set is and like really play into that. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Oh, Cleo. Ow. I can't talk to you. Crap. I'm getting <laughs> okay. bad. I think I've done this before. Anyways, Cleo, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us on the podcast. If people want to find out more about you, all your brands, everything you're working on, where can they go? How can they find you? Um, okay. So me personally, it's, this one's a tongue twister. So Cleo and then C-L-I-O-D-E-L-A-L-L-A-V-E on Instagram. I try to keep everything updated there in terms of what's happening with do, which is at do edit spade and sparrows, which is at spade and sparrows. And then bouge media, B O O J E M E D I A and podcast nation. I think it's podcast dot nation. Um, or you can just go on boujemedia.com. I'm sure everything's linked somewhere. <laughs> so that's the most we've never had that many like social handles drop in an episode. Love we'll it. put them all in the bio for sure. So make it easy for everybody. Thank you. No yeah, problem. thank you. I no appreciate problem. it. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. And just hang on. We're going to take a quick picture. But yeah, oh, thank okay. you for joining us. And that is Stop it. Thanks, guys. If you've tuned in, we appreciate you. That's it. <laughs> Okay, one second. Stop this. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high. I got alone with no one thing. And I.